welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This is an episode where we've got a bunch of tips. I'm going to share some theories about some things that we think are happening with Google's algorithms. Uh, And there's a bunch of news that's happened, although uh, finally we've had a week where things are not too crazy in search. Uh, There's been some turbulence since the May update, which is something that we expect. I'll talk a little bit about that, but I don't have too much to add on what we're seeing in terms of Google tweaking this update. Uh, We've got some really interesting questions at the end of this episode. Uh, There's a question about whether the order of your H tags matters. I'll give my thoughts on that. Um, And a really good question on whether anybody has studied if it helps to get links to author pages. Uh, I don't have an exact answer for this, but I have a lot of thoughts on it. So hopefully I can uh, give a good answer when we get to that uh, point of uh, podcast. I want to start off, though, by telling you how excited I am for next week's episode. Uh, If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I don't generally have guests. Uh, Mostly, this is just me rambling. I make a bunch of notes based on our newsletter and talk about the things that I think were really interesting in search this week. Well, next week, we're going to have a guest. And if you could think, who is the person who I would be most excited to interview for uh, search news you can use? It's John Mueller. And yes, John Mueller is actually going to come and join us for uh, for next week's podcast. Um, John actually reached out to us to do this. And uh, we are so, so thrilled about this. My team and I have been working on uh, getting some really good questions for John. We want to make it so that this is a great conversation that just really helps a lot of people. I don't want John to feel, uh, I think sometimes when Google employees do interviews, uh, you know, people are like, wow, now finally I can kind of lash out at Google with all of my concerns. Uh, And I don't want that to be the focus of of next week. Rather, uh, we're coming up with some really good questions to ask him that really should just help people to improve the quality of their websites. Uh, We hope to ask some good questions about disavowing some things that have been a little bit confusing. Um, Maybe we haven't received the best or the most clear advice from Google in regards to disavowing. So we want to ask him some questions about that as well. If you want to submit a question, um, if you're a premium member of our newsletter, uh, there's a place where you can submit a question. Uh, We just wanted to limit it uh, because there's no way we can ask everybody's question. Our free version of newsletter has, I think, almost 8,000 subscribers now. So uh, it would take a long time to go through all of uh, of those uh, questions if we opened it up to everybody. Anyhow, um, I'm very excited for that next week. I don't know if we're going to be actually... Um, covering much of the the news from next week, but uh, but really do tune in. I think it's going to be such a fantastic episode. Well, let's talk here about the May Core update. So it's been a while now. It was uh, released on May 4th. We saw the biggest change to most websites started around May 5th, and it took about two weeks to roll out, as Danny Sullivan had told us. Um, he did tweet at some point last week, I believe, that the update had fully rolled out. Um, Bear Schwartz reported on Friday last week that uh, there was some turbulence, or at least people in the communities, um, in forums, the help forums and Black Hat World, and uh, even on his website in comments, were saying that something significant happened on Friday last week. Uh, We did notice a number of clients that saw a change. You know, um, most of them, the change was continuing in the same direction as what happened with May 4th. So a client of ours that saw improvements on May 4th seemed to see even more improvements on, uh, gosh, I want to say it was Friday the 21st. Um, I, the 21st was one of the days. Anyways, the thing was there weren't enough of uh, our clients. We didn't see enough evidence to say, oh, something dramatic changed on this day. So, yes, we do think that Google, you know, turned some dials, uh, tweaked things a little bit on whatever they updated. Um, I haven't done a full thorough analysis, though, of what has changed. Um, but we've been continuing to look into sites that are improving with this update and also sites that have been hit. Uh, one of the things that seems to be appearing as a pattern, and I'm reluctant to say this with with 100% certainty, but I think that this could be very significant, uh, especially to people who have been doing um, what you would call white hat SEO. 
that's not really white hat. Uh, and what I mean by this is uh, link building. Uh, we're seeing that a number of the sites that are suffering are sites that have been doing link building, but not overtly spammy link building. I'm not talking about sites that have, you know, a million directory citations and, uh, you know, they've been doing comment spam and, and, and you know, ugly links like that. I'm talking about sites that have been uh, using... Um, Tactics to build links that traditionally a lot of people would call them white hat, but when you really get down to it and look at it, they're not really recommendations for your website, for your brand, for your products, or for your content. Instead, they're self-made. And so what I mean by this is, uh, you know, agencies that will have relationships with publishers and say, look, we'll produce, we'll get some content for you and we'll write this article on, uh, you know, you have a financial blog. So we'll write this great article about how to choose the correct credit card. And then we'll just make one of the links in the article point to our client. Uh, and then we'll point, you know, the rest of the links to other authoritative places on the web. This type of link building is really seen as commonplace. But when you think about it, is this really what Google wants to reward? I know the argument that always comes up is people say, well, whoever published this article made an editorial decision to publish it. But in reality, when they published the article, did they really publish it because they thought that your website was amazing? No, they published it because you traded content and you said, hey, can I throw a couple of links or maybe even just one link into this content? Um, a lot of the pages that are not doing well with this May core update are pages that have that type of link. And my thought is that what Google's doing here is they're better able to understand the content on the pages, which means that they can they don't have to put as much emphasis on links. It's also possible that Google got better at figuring out which links are truly mentions um, and uh, and and just uh, counting those. Um, the reason why I say this is I'm predicting that in the weeks and months to come, there's going to be a big rush of people who are trying to fix their SEO problems by disavowing these links. And I think that this is going to cause uh, a whole lot of confusion. If you know, I mean, if you followed what I've been doing over the years, you know that I love the disavow tool. I mean, when we we were watching, I think it was Mission Impossible, one of the old Mission Impossibles uh, a little while back. And Tom Cruise is like, I'm going to disavow him. And I'm like, no, that's my word. <laughs> um, but in reality, I mean, I'm, I, that sounds very egotistical of me. But I love Google's disavow tool. Uh, I've done really well with it and helped a lot of websites with it. But a lot of people who are disavowing, are uh, are not going to see improvements. And so if Google has said, uh, you know, if their algorithms say, well, you know, this article that used to rank well based on the fact that it's got uh, 40 inbound links pointing to it, um, you know, once we realize that, oh, 38 of those links aren't actually truly people who wanted to recommend the content, but rather they were self-made, well, why would it rank well? And why would disavowing that link actually make it rank any better? Um, and so I think people soon are going to see the tie where uh, pages that were heavily SEO'd are not doing so well. In the past, if we saw that, if we said, oh, look, this page has been over-optimized, that was a term that really, really uh, was used a lot after the Penguin algorithm came out. Uh, and people were saying, look, you've had an over-optimization penalty, uh, talking about we've built too many links with exact match anchor text and very spammy things that used to work really well to promote websites and make them rank better stopped working so well in the time of Penguin. Now what we're saying is it's not necessarily the spammy links, and that's what's going to make things really challenging when it comes to deciding whether to disavow these links. Um, because the types of sites that we're seeing, we look at these pages and we say, well, you know what, this page used to rank, but why did it used to rank? Because we could see that the other pages that are competing against it are really a better option. So why did Google rank this before? And then we can see, ah, it's based on probably the power of these self-made links. Um, and again, disavowing those is not going to make that page more valuable. I still do think if you have been really, really strongly hit, uh, and you have been doing very extensive link building in the ways that I just mentioned, it may be helpful to disavow. We have an article that I mention a lot where 
uh, a little while back, I went to uh, Google's offices in New York City and was able to be a part of a Google Help Hangout with John Mueller. And I asked John um, whether Google, uh, whether a disavowing links can still help a site algorithmically. So I'm not talking about sites with manual actions, but rather websites that have been doing link building and uh, have not received a manual action, but for whatever reason, just aren't performing as well as we expected uh, in search. And John did say that if there are enough links pointing to a website that Google's algorithms deemed to be uh, sketchy, sketchy was not his word, but potentially untrustworthy, then uh, Google may decide to just put less trust in all of the links links pointing to the website. Um, and so this is something where potentially if that's happening, you could see some benefits from disavowing. The problem, though, is that Google doesn't give you any, um, uh, you know, they don't say, well, by the way, we're ignoring 90% of the links pointing to your site. Uh, if you don't have a manual action, they don't tell you um, what, uh, uh, what the problem is with your site. So um, you know, what do we make of all this? I, I think that's something that's going to be an issue. Just watch in the weeks to come. Um, and those of you who work for SEO companies where your primary way of promoting rankings is to create content and farm that content out to other websites so that you can get links, you may want to think about shifting uh, you know, some of this is good. Some content marketing can be excellent. For example, if I um, wrote a guest post, say, for SEMrush, and it got published on SEMrush, and maybe I've included a link to a blog post that I wrote that had some data to back up some of the things I'm talking about. Well, that blog post on SEMrush, because SEMrush is recognized as an authority in the world of SEO, um, having my name and a blog post published on SEMrush can do wonders for my brand. It also can do wonders for business. Uh, you know, if I get a blog post published on an authoritative website, then that website has their own, you know, SEMrush has many, many readers who trust their content. And that can introduce new people to my brand, to my company. And that should be the reason why we're guest posting, why we're creating content for other websites. So I, I, I don't want to be alarmist, but I'm saying if you are primarily trying to rank websites by creating content and just finding ways that you can get trick webmasters into linking to your content, even though they didn't reach out and say, oh, this is really good. I want to link to it. Then you need to be careful. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of confusion to come in uh, probably over the next year or so, I'd say. The other thing that uh, I really think is happening with this May core update, and I'll tell you, even within my own team, there's a little bit of, um, we're not sure whether this theory is 100% correct. Uh, I'm fairly confident on it. I, I really think that Google with this update has done things towards recognizing firsthand expertise. Um, several of my team members, though, my auditors who I really trust and I value their opinion, we're sort of going back and forth on this. And so uh, I'm going to share it with you because, uh, you know, I think it's a good theory and I think it's not going to hurt anybody uh, if I'm wrong on this theory. And then we'll see if, you know, something comes out in the future that backs me up to, to say this. Um, I don't think that uh, Google made it so that firsthand expertise is like insanely rewarded. But one of the things that we're seeing is that many of the posts that went from ranking page two to now ranking somewhere on page one for our clients, they have some sort of element of firsthand expertise. So one is, um, I can't give away the industry, but it's an affiliate website that covers a very tiny niche. Like if you imagine... Um, gosh, it's hard to, to say this without giving it away. Uh, uh, you know, uh, a certain type of book, let's say. Um, and, you know, there's many, many books out there, but there's a certain type of book that this website focuses on. And the thing is, they've used all of these books and they write, their articles are talking about, look, here's what the web says. Here's what the research says. Uh, you know, here's the general pros and cons of these products. And when we used it, here's what we found. And those posts are doing really well. Um, I've mentioned this in the last couple of episodes of search news you can use, but 
We have a, another client who's doing really well, who also saw an even bigger boost with uh, last Friday, whatever the tweak was that Google did. And this client is a plastic surgeon. And um, some of his articles are now outranking some medical giants uh, like Healthline and uh, Mayo Clinic. And they're basically talking about the side effects of certain types of surgery. Um, and he's talking about his personal experience that look when, I mean, if he does this many surgeries, uh, every single week, he's going to know what are the types of issues that people have. Um, and I would much rather, you know, if I was considering having that surgery, I would much rather read his experiences than read a content writer's, um, uh, you know, report on what they've researched across the web. Uh, so, now, um, we don't think that, you know, it's not like all of a sudden, because I know some people are, are probably saying, but wait, I write about firsthand expertise and I didn't do well with the May core update. I believe that there have to be, you know, all of these elements of, uh, of EAT present. So what I mean by that is um, there's stuff that we've written in, in the most recent newsletter uh, for um, have the search results actually improved since the Maycore update? There's a very, very interesting Reddit thread where there's over 38,000 comments of people saying how Google's search results are worse than they've ever been. And in a lot of situations, I think that's true. Um, one of the things that I found very, very interesting was somebody had said that they wanted to do a search for whether they should buy a weighted blanket. So weighted as in very heavy. Uh, these blankets apparently can help people with uh, anxiety issues with autism. Uh, it, it adds, it, it's, it's actually quite interesting because in dogs uh, with um, anxiety for thunderstorms, one of the things that used to work quite well for a lot of dogs was this thing called a thunder shirt that um, it, it basically puts pressure all around the body of the dog, similar to how this weighted blanket would work. And uh, somehow that is calming and can help with anxiety. Um, now, the person who was complaining in this Reddit thread said, look, when they were doing their research, all they saw was either ads. Um, they didn't say affiliate sites, but they said websites that were just trying to sell me the products uh, and definitely had like a financial incentive for their recommendations. And they ended up doing a site colon search to find what somebody on Reddit uh, was saying. And I've, I do that too. You know, if I'm trying to make a decision on buying something, I know when I'm reading these affiliate posts that like, oh, this site just ranks because, uh, you know, they've got good SEO. Um, and maybe what I'm looking for is personal expertise or personal experience that, yeah, I used this product and it was horrible. <laughs> or I used this product and I really like this, but I didn't like this feature. Um, and so, you know, it, it sounds like I'm sort of talking myself into a corner here because if Google values firsthand expertise, why aren't posts from Reddit actually ranking really, really well uh, for queries like, should I buy a weighted blanket? And the thing is, Reddit is lacking other elements of EAT. So um, if my theory's right and Google is actually preferring firsthand expertise, that's just one component. But if you think of a Reddit thread, there's just you know, many random people saying, well, here's my experience. Uh, and they're giving their experience on a medical topic. You know, if you're saying, look, this blanket really helped with my anxiety issues. Um, you know, that's that's personal experience, but it it's coming from somebody who doesn't have medical expertise. So my point in saying all this, and, and again, this is so much theory, is that I really believe that if you can get all of these elements together, so if you already are recognized as some level of authority in your niche, and uh, you have elements of trustworthiness, so, uh, and we've talked about that so many times in the past, if you want to seek out, there's an article we have on the September, I think it was 2018 core update that talks about many different things that the quality raters guidelines lay out as a sign of trust. Um, for example, uh, is there easy to find contact information? Is it easy to find information on refunds if that's appropriate? Uh, is it clear uh, who's responsible for this content? Things like that. Um, you need to have all those elements of trust. You need to have some level of authority, which is usually connected to other experts quoting you, uh, links from authoritative places as well. 
And I'm predicting that if you can add on top of that an element of firsthand expertise uh, to say, look, th th we've actually done this. This is our how we use the products. You know, we're, we're going to be experimenting with this. We'll be recommending it to a bunch of our clients uh, just saying, like, look, you guys actually use these products instead of writing about what everybody else on the Web is saying about them. Write your own experience alongside of those other things. So I gave an example in newsletter of an article that uh prior to the may core update was not ranking well for um weighted blankets or should i use a weighted blanket something like that and then after the core update it was ranking number seven on page one so it's not like google said oh this is the best article ever we want to rank it really well but it did make great improvements after this core update and what we noticed was that it had uh many elements of EAT, you know, it was written by somebody who had medical expertise, but they also quoted uh, a doctor who treats people with these weighted blankets. And there were several quotes from this doctor, which in my, my uh, uh, opinion was talking about her firsthand expertise. It was extremely well referenced. They used citations, they referenced studies. Um, and so all of those things together seemed to push it into the first page. Anyways, a lot of theory. Uh, again, if you're a premium member of newsletter, um, I've written some tips on how I think you can incorporate this in your websites. And if you guys do, if, if any of you do start to uh, make some changes on some of your posts to incorporate more firsthand expertise, and you actually see improvements with whatever the next core update is, I would absolutely love to, uh, to hear from you. Um, you can always reach out to me on Twitter at Marie underscore Haynes, and uh, I'd, I'd love to, uh, to see if you experiment with that. Hopefully I'll have more to report on you uh, on that front in the future at some point. Um, let's see here. Uh, I should mention as well, speaking of uh, John Mueller coming on our podcast, um, Google Webmasters has their own new podcast. Uh, I heard the, the promo for it and it was quite funny. Uh, so it's going to be John Mueller, Martin Split, and also Gary Ish. Uh, doing some recordings from home as they're working remotely, uh, answering some of the questions on web search. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, we'll be listening to every episode. And if, you know, if they're really good and contain a lot of value, we'll be putting those in our newsletter as well. So if you don't have time to, to listen to all that, then you can uh, um, take a look at it in newsletter. And I'll probably be summarizing them in this podcast uh, uh, as well. Uh, this is really cool. Barry Schwartz, as if he, uh, you know, didn't have enough on his plate to, to do already, came out with a new website. And I love it. It's called wasthereagoogleupdate.com. And if you go there, you can put in a date. So let's say you look and you're, you're seeing like, oh, my traffic went down on this particular date. Um, and then you can put it into this tool. And what it'll do is show you all of the search engine roundtable posts uh, around that date that talk about a potential update or not. Um, and I believe that if there is no update and you put in a date where, uh, you know, Barry didn't write about an update, uh, he includes the tweet from Danny Sullivan that says, well, we do updates all the time. <laughs> um, so that's really interesting. Uh, most of you probably know that we do also have um, uh, a document that I've worked on since 2012, I believe, uh, where every single Google update or potential Google update, we write it down, uh, we talk about what we think it covered. Um, you can get that at mariehaines.com slash algo, A-L-G-O. Uh, we have a new website that's coming. Um, gosh, it feels like I've been saying this forever, but it's coming out soon. Uh, in the next month or two, hopefully, if we can get all the kinks <laughs> uh, wired out, um, uh, ironed out. But um, um, on our new website, uh, one of the things that I want to do is do even more to help you guys with this data that we have on what Google changed on what days. And so we have some plans in the works for um, making that more fun uh, and usable for people as well. But for now, this was there a Google update dot com. I, I can see a lot of people using that and uh, getting value from it. Um, let's see what else can we include from newsletter here. Ah, did you know that robots.txt directives are case sensitive? Most of you probably already knew that, but um, Glenn Gabe and uh, Ethan Lazuk tweeted some uh, some examples of sites that are doing it wrong. So, for example, uh, Glenn tweeted a site that used in the robots.txt file a line that said disallow slash directory. And what that should do is tell search engine bots that you're not allowed to crawl that directory. The problem was that directory had a capital D on it, 
which is a completely different directory than directory with a small d. Um, so if you are struggling with, uh, you know, your robots.txt file not being honored by search engines, it could potentially be that you, you're using capitals uh, where it should be just completely, uh, it should be, well, I want to say it should be completely lowercase, but then we've seen websites where your URLs are not all lowercase. So it needs to be lining up exactly with what you've used in your URLs. Um, this was interesting too. John Mueller was asked about whether unlinked brand citations can help define the trust of a website. His response was quite cryptic, uh, but um, you know, to be fair, that's a question that's hard to answer in a tweet. Um, uh, so what was asked was, uh, do unlinked brand citations help in defining a trust of a website brand? Um, and the answer from John is the short version is, quote, usually not in my opinion end quote. The long version, John says, is somewhat hard to squeeze into a tweet form, and I'm not in the mood to write a long essay, so hopefully the short version is uh, useful as a starting point. Um, <clears throat> the reason why we wanted to bring this up is that Gary Ish has said, and this was in a Reddit thread uh, a little while back, that Google can use mentions as uh, for entity recognition. So my example would be uh, to use myself if um, um, you know, I, I think this week I was mentioned for something on Search Engine Roundtable, uh, something regarding manual actions. Um, and and that happens, you know, every few weeks or so. I'll write something and, and then Barry will mention me. Um, but Barry doesn't link to me. We've talked about that in the past. I, the first time I ever got mentioned, I did the SEO thing. I reached out to Barry and said, oh, thanks for mentioning me. Can you also link to my article? And he didn't. <laughs> but that's okay. We've talked about that. We're over it now. And, and I get it. How many times uh, I think I've had at least 10 emails today alone uh, for people asking me to link to their websites or publish their guest post or something like that. Anyways, um, me being mentioned in search engine roundtable, uh, I believe that that helps Google to make the connection that I'm an expert in the field of SEO or that some people recognize me as an expert. Um, and so those can be helpful, but you know, I don't think it's like, Ooh, I had 40 mentions and so-and-so had 30 mentions, so I must be better. Like, I don't think Google's algorithms work that way. Uh, but I still think that if you have unlinked um, brand mentions in authoritative places, that those can do something to help Google to establish that, oh, yeah, yeah, when you write on your topic, uh, you you know, other people recognize you as knowing that topic. And so that's a good thing. In newsletter, we talk about a few ways to potentially turn unlinked brand mentions into linked brand mentions, which are even better because links will pass page rank um, and we know that if we can get links from authoritative places that that page rank can really help to improve our rankings. Semrush uh, had a very interesting article on factors that trigger a manual action. Uh, I always read stuff like this because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of theory out there. Uh, how do I put this? Semrush, I love immensely, um, and I've told them this many times, I'm not a huge fan of the toxic links um, that they send out. Uh, that sounds bad. They're not actually linking out, but they'll send reports saying your risk of penalty is increasing uh, because, you know, they've detected that um, you have more spammy links pointing to your site. Now, maybe many years ago, um, having a, a burst of spam could potentially get you a manual action. But even in all the years I've been doing this, which my first manual action I removed, I think it was 2013. Um, you know, I, I can't think of a case where I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this was just all spam. When Google gives a manual action, it's generally for, um, it's, it's almost always because you've been making links that contravene their guidelines and those links are actually working to improve your rankings. And their algorithms aren't doing a good enough job at catching those links as being made by you. So the reason why I wanna mention this, and I think the SEMrush article is very good. Uh, their top two reasons out of all the websites they analyzed um, for uh, the sites to be getting a manual action were paid links, which totally makes sense, and overuse of guest posting, which I agree with as well. The one thing, the reason why I wanted to mention this is that um, uh, don't 
get caught up on, oh, it's not a paid link, it's not a guest post, so it must be okay. And I've already talked about this a lot, even in just this episode, but if you are doing um, content marketing for the sake of link building, you're on risky ground. Uh, and so um, we, uh, we've we done a lot of manual actions. Like I, I should add them up. I mean, we've probably removed hundreds, um, if not more. Like we've removed a lot of manual actions over the last year or so, uh, or the last few years. They've the number of manual actions that Google's giving out seems to be much less. I think that their algorithms are getting better at saying, oh yeah, these are just spammy comment links. Why would we count those towards rankings? Um, so in that case, they wouldn't have to give a manual action because the site's already not doing well. Um, but what we're seeing is that in almost every situation now, when a site gets a manual action, the links that uh, are targeted by Google, and we know this because they give us examples, uh, generally after your first failed request, they'll give you an example. The links that are targeted by Google um, tend to be uh, self-made links and articles. Some of them are guest posts. Some of them are overtly paid. You know, uh, we'll have some that say, oh, this is an advertorial and, you know, it's a keyword anchored link pointing to our client. Um, those are really obvious. But let me walk you through like one of the most recent. We actually just got uh, and, and those of you who are waiting for responses to reconsideration requests, we had a whole bunch come in this week. Um, so that's that's good. Some of them we've been waiting for months to hear back from Google. I'm suspecting that the pandemic um, stuff and working from home has impacted uh, Google's priorities and probably going through reconsideration requests was not high on their list. Um, but we are getting uh, uh, some positive responses now. And, and we're, we actually had several manual actions lifted this week, which is always a, a great thing uh, to have. Um, but let's, I want to talk about one of the most recent cases that we finally got lifted um, this week after they've been working on the penalty for a month or a month, a year. And uh, I think they came to us about six months ago um, and we've done a few requests for them. They uh, did have some paid links but the vast majority of their links were from um, extensive, extensive content marketing. Uh, and they would be articles that were uh, actually read by people, you know, on websites that you would um, you would read, you would recognize these websites. And as we went through the list and we'd say, look, like, guys, this is a this is a, a piece of content that you submitted to this website and they published it and they linked back to you. But it's not an editorial mention. Um, and at first, uh, I believe what we did for our first round was we just went with the overtly paid links. Uh, and then Google came back and gave us examples. And some of these examples were on sites that were like really authoritative. They weren't even necessarily keyword anchored, uh, but they were self-made. Um, and so what this company ended up doing was a very drastic um, uh, look at, you know, links that came from SEO uh, even if they weren't paid and even if they weren't directly guest posts, we ended up disavowing a lot of them. Now, I haven't looked to see, I mean, the manual action was just removed a couple of days ago, um, and it can usually take like a week or two to start seeing if you're going to see some traffic improvements after it's been lifted. So I'll hopefully report back and see what happens now that like we disavowed. This might be the first time that I've actually run into the limit for the disavow file. It has a two megabyte limit and, um, you know, it's very hard to reach that limit. Uh, and so this was a site that had a lot, a lot of uh, unnatural links. Anyways, my, my point in saying this is that I think, um, you know, there's going to be a lot more discussion uh, in the future about what we're doing in terms of link building. Um, our goal should always be to attract links, but it's way harder to do that than to actually build them yourselves. Um, and so uh, it, it's going to be interesting times in SEO over the next couple of years uh, as the industry sort of figures this out. Um, let's see what else we can talk about here. There was a neat tip in newsletter, uh, again, from Glenn Gabe about using an asterisk in your uh, when you're doing 
searches to get keyword research. Uh, and the example that he gave was if you did a search for project manager interview questions and you put an asterisk in between manager and interview, all of a sudden Google suggests shows me uh, project manager behavioral interview questions, job interview questions, technical interview questions, uh, construction interview questions. And so you can often get more keywords uh, that people are potentially searching for by using an asterisk, which I thought was uh, quite interesting. Um, there has been a lot of talk this week about a new lighthouse metrics for page speed. In all honesty, I have not spent a lot of time looking at that. So if, um, uh, but this is something that uh, we need to pay attention to. There's the new uh, core web vitals, which is a part now of Search Console. I'm going to look more into that and have some more information for you in a future episode, uh, most likely on that uh, subject. Um, We've been talking about this for weeks on end as well, but lots of people are still complaining that their pages are dropping out of the index. And in some cases, when I look at these pages, uh, they're still, you can see them on like a site colon search, or if you search for uh, words directly from the post and search for them in quotes, Google will return it, but they're not ranking for anything at all. In other cases, uh, some of these people complaining, they, the pages are completely out of the index. You can't even see them on a site colon search. Um, and I keep referring back to this tweet from Gary Ish that seemed a little bit uh, cryptic and sarcastic that says, here's people's reaction when spammy content is no longer getting indexed uh, and you know somebody's looking shocked. Um, we really think that Google is doing more to assess the quality of your content uh, even before it hits the index. And in some cases, um, it's it's doing it now. Like if it's already in the index, taking it out. And what a lot of people have said to me is, well, I don't understand why this was removed because it ranked really well for like two years. Um, and in I've looked at, I want to say like 10 to 15 examples that people sent me. And in every single case, uh, they were posts that were not overtly spammy, but they really weren't that valuable to people. Um, and so uh, I would really urge you if you're struggling to get um, uh, post indexed or, you know, one of your articles is just not indexing, even though you've submitted it to the index and you've, you're sure that there's no technical reason, like a hidden no index or blocked by robots.txt or something like that. Um, I urge you to look at Google's blog post on core updates because they have a bunch of questions to ask. Like one of them is, does the content provide original information, reporting, research, or analysis? And a lot of the time what is uh, happening is, you know, people are just writing the same thing that already exists. <laughs> and so, you know, Google has to draw the line somewhere. Otherwise their index is going to just continue to grow to massive amounts. And so um, if you're struggling to get and keep certain pages in the index, I'd really look at the quality and change your ideas on what makes something high quality. Because I see people say, well, you know, I've got 5,000 words. That's got to be high quality, but maybe it's not the best answer for uh, the person who's searching. Or, you know, my stuff is just as good as this other site that's ranking. Well, if that's the case, why would Google want another site that's just as good, right? You've got to be even better. Uh, and so that's challenging. That's something that that's one of our focuses uh, for this next year is to just um, find more ways to write content uh, that Google will reward um, and not to trick Google or, you know, try to convince them of something that's not true. But like, what is it that Google actually wants to reward? That's one of the things that we're we're working on. Um, <clears throat> somebody was asking in a help hangout, uh, how long Google will uh, allow small technical errors. Um, the example was if you're, let's say your site returned a 500 error, which is uh, basically saying that the, the site is down. Um, how, you know, how long will Google, uh, you know, will they just immediately drop your page out of the search results? And uh, what um, John had said was that Google will typically, you know, if they see a 500 server error, they'll check back later. 
Um, and then if the problem is there for, uh, and he didn't say exactly how long, but it could be hours, it could be days, uh, then Google will eventually drop the page. So if you've dropped the ball and, um, you know, accidentally no index something or uh, done something wrong where it, you've removed something from Google search, um, it, it usually won't hurt unless it's there for a significant amount of time. All right, so let's move on to some local news. There really hasn't been a whole lot of uh, fluctuation in the local search results over the last week or so, um, you know, beyond the, the normal fluctuation. It was a really great article uh, by Sterling Sky. Um, Joy Hawkins was looking at whether you can improve your rankings by linking to your Google My Business profile. So this is something that I remember reading this many years ago, as soon as GMB profiles came out, and they I don't think they were called that, um, but as soon as these local profiles, uh, the maps listings is what we were talking about, came out, um, you know, a lot of people would say, look, just build links to your GMB profile and uh, and then you'll it'll rank better. So Joy actually looked at three different situations where they built links. Um, I can't recall what types of links were built there, but uh, but their results, um, their conclusions were that the links didn't help at all in rankings. Now, I think it's possible that certain types of links could help. Like, for example, uh, if there was a New York Times article about how amazing your business was and it linked to your Google My Business profile instead of your website, I think that could possibly help. I think Google can determine uh, you know, authority in that way. But uh, I wouldn't recommend going out and trying to build links to your GMB profile. Uh, I, I think Joy did a good job there in explaining that it's probably not going to help you to rank better. Um, uh, Jason Brown noted that uh, some Google My Business um, profiles are now allows, allowing users to suggest an edit to mark a business as temporarily closed. That's a little bit scary to me because you could just go in and mark all your competitors as temporarily closed. I'm not sure what kind of, um, uh, you know, what Google's doing around that, but it might be a good idea to just keep an eye on your own Google My Business profile from time to time to make sure that somebody hasn't marked you as closed. I would anticipate Google would send an email when that happens, but still, uh, you know, that's something to, to keep an eye on. Um, we've also got some interesting stuff in newsletter about how to determine if your keywords have switched to local intent. And this is really interesting. It was uh, Andy Simpson, um, I believe, did a presentation on this. And he's saying, you know, for some keywords, uh, it might be that you previously had organic searches for this. And now Google's displaying a, a map. Uh, and it may be that Google figured out that when people search for this term, they're actually looking more for local businesses than for your uh, your website information as well. I think this can go in reverse as well. I think that with the Maycor update, as Google got a little bit better at understanding relevancy, um, they uh, basically can... Um, determine in some places that, oh, you know, people were actually looking for this type of post, whether it was local, transactional, informational, you know, uh, one of the search results that I reviewed in um, looking at sites that saw improvements and declines with the Maycor update was um, it was something that previously the sites that were ranking well were very long informational posts. And now the number one site is a tool. And when people typed in, you know, how to do blah, 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 all they really wanted, they didn't want to read 5,000 words on how to do this. They really just wanted this tool that did it for them. Um, so Google, uh, I do believe, is getting better at determining searchers' intent. I also believe that, like, they're probably doing something new with this, which means it's not going to be perfect. Uh, it's going to take a lot of tweaking. And so we're going to see people saying like, oh my goodness, this search result is horrible when, uh, and it should just get better and better over the months and years to come. Um, still on Google My Business, uh, apparently Google My Business Insights is having issues and there's no data past May 18th. Uh, if you're using UTM tags to, you know, to track whether people are coming from your GMB profile or from elsewhere, then you're probably all right. Uh, but if you're relying on Google My Business Insights, good luck with that because it uh, looks like there's a problem. There are so many problems with Google My Business, but to be fair, I mean, how many millions of businesses are out there? Like how many other software companies? This Google's not a software company. Forget it. Google's really big. They should be able to handle this. 
I don't know. I, I it, bo- it boggles my mind how many issues there are with Google My Business. But then again, I'm glad I'm not in charge of uh, keeping everything running smoothly there. Um, we put a few tools in newsletter. I, I really want to play around with um, Tony McCreeth has a new structured data visualizer tool. I think that's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, let's see here. So let's move on to Q&A. Uh, these are fairly short questions. I'm going to try to not um, talk for another hour on <laughs> giving my answers, but I thought there were things that could actually really help uh, some people. Um, Michelle Kubat Segovia, and my apologies if I have mispronounced your name, I'm horrible with names, uh, has asked this question for podcast, and it's a really good question. You mentioned before that heading tag numbers don't matter, so an H2 could function as an H1. Uh, does the order matter? And so what she's saying is, like, let's say you have a blog post that has an H1 with your main, you know, the title of your article, and then you have an H3 with, like, category one, and then you happen to have H2 with question. Uh, and so would that, um, you know, cause problems in Google's eyes? I I can't say with 100% certainty, but my guess is that it's totally fine. Um, I do think that we should be using H tags uh, for every article um, with the main, there's two reasons. One is for accessibility reasons. Uh, people who use screen readers, uh, I'm not sure how screen readers would handle a situation where there's an H1, then an H3, and then an H2. I'm not sure uh, if that would work just as well or whether they try to go through the H2s. I feel like a screen reader should be able to figure that out too. Um, but somebody was asking, we had this discussion about whether it was okay to have more than one H tag on a page. And Martin Split from Google replied with, well, it isn't confusing Googlebot. But being consistent with the outline of your document for your users and accessibility is good. Um, and so, I mean, ideally, I think it would make sense to just, it's, it's kind of like anything in SEO. We go, well, I don't know if this is actually going to help, but the more we can do to help search engines understand our content, the better. Um, the one thing I would say with H tags, uh, oh, and I had another quote here. Oh, here we go. This was a quote from John Mueller uh, from a Reddit thread uh, about eight months ago. He says, headings on a page are great for SEO and accessibility, but they're not going to make or break your site's rankings. He says, be reasonable in what you mark up as a heading, pick things that help to explain what pages are about. See it a bit like highlighting something on a page that you hand out. You want to make it clear what the page is about, but if you use too much of it or don't highlight anything at all, then it'll take more effort for the person to understand at a glance. One of the things that I feel like we're seeing with sites that have improved with the Maycore update and um, even with the last few updates is that often the content is well divided by headings. Um, I personally believe, again, this is theory and I don't have any proof for this, that when Google uses things like BERT to understand language on a page, it makes sense to me for them to sort of skim the headings and say, ah, this page is about these five, six things. Um, and uh, you need to have good use of those headings in order for Bert to understand your content. Um, you know, rather than uh, Google trying to understand all 5,000 words of your page, if they just need to understand, all right, this paragraph is apparently about this topic that the searcher has searched for, and now we want to see uh, whether it's a good example to return to them, um, headings could be very, very important. So uh, I don't think it really matters. Oh, the other thing, too, is it's, it's better for users to just use headings. Um, I mean, none of us want to read a massive wall of text. We like to skim and, and use the, the headings. So um, does the order matter? Probably not. But uh, if it was me, I don't know. I, I think if I think it depends on how hard it is to change. You know, if your web's entire website is coded in a way that the H2s look smaller than the H3s for some reason, and I don't know, you're doing it that way and it would take hours and hours and a lot of money to change it, then no, I wouldn't change it. Uh, but from this point on, you know, I'd probably, it makes sense to write things um, using the proper order for H tags. The last question that we'll ask here is, are there known benefits for EAT or any case studies done for inbound links to an author page, especially for medical sites? Um, so th this is an interesting question. The question, I guess, to summarize it is, if, if you get links to your author's bios on your website, Will that help improve rankings? I don't think anybody has studied that. And I actually don't think that it would make a difference. 
Um, however, it depends on the type of link. And again, this is similar to what I was saying earlier. Like if, if the New York Times or some other authoritative website wrote an article on a topic that you're known as, you know, you're known in that industry for, and they mention one of your authors and they link to your author page. Um, you know, I think that can improve, um, Google's understanding of that author being an entity who is connected to the same topics that you are, that your brand is. Uh, the thing is, though, Google should already be doing that. Um, and I don't think that getting more links to the author page should, would, would make it better. I don't think it's like PageRank where we can say, oh, this page that's got, you know, X amount of PageRank is going to rank better than this one that's got less. Um, I, I think EAT in terms of understanding author entities are more, uh, I don't want to say like it's an offer on switch, but it, I feel like it kind of is like you either are known as an entity that's connected with this topic or you're not. Um, and who knows, maybe Google's got varying degrees, but I, I, I personally think that uh, that link from the New York Times would be just as helpful pointing to their article that they wrote as opposed to their author page. Um, so uh, I know uh, the person who tweeted this tweeted at a bunch of other uh, people who talk on entities and, and EAT and stuff like that too. So I'll be interested to see what they say. But my guess is that uh, getting links specifically to author pages probably isn't going to, to be the best way to, to spend your time. I think we'll end it uh, there. Uh, that was, uh, I enjoyed doing that episode. I'm again, so excited for next week where we do our interview with John and we're going to come at him with some great questions. Uh, you know, and, and our goal is to make this like the most valuable that we can. So um, I'm really looking forward to that next week. I wanted to ask you a favor. If you've made it all this way to the end of the podcast, uh, somebody's doing this poll for the best podcasts on SEO. Normally I'm not a fan of these like, popularity contests uh, because, you know, just because somebody got a whole bunch of votes doesn't necessarily mean that they're the best podcast. Uh, they just have the best social network. Um, so I'm uh, making a plea to you, my social network, <laughs> to uh, to vote for us. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is, uh, you know, I, I we work really, really hard. The newsletter takes all 10 of us at MHC to uh, to publish. Um, and the podcast itself takes, uh, uh, you know, two days of my time, probably two full days, uh, along with, um, you know, I've got a full team that uh, help clean up the recordings and, and uh, you know, publish the social and everything. Anyways, if you can vote for us, it's on uh, omologist.com and uh, we've got a link in newsletter on where you can do that. I would be greatly appreciative if you could do that. So that's all we've got. Um, I still hope that, uh, you know, you guys are managing okay. I know some places of the world are starting to open up a bit now, and it'll be interesting to see if we can do this in a safe manner. Uh, I can't wait for the day that uh, I have got a full team of people in my office again, because, um, man, we have a great bunch and we love to laugh and it, it's just not the same on Slack, but we're not coming back into the office until uh, we feel really comfortable that we're all safe. Um, so I wish the same for you. I hope everybody's nice and safe out there and I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. Mm -hmm.